Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker, author, and coach based out of Tampa, Florida. Want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Well, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur, are looking to start your journey tomorrow, or are just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I'll share another entrepreneurial journey to inspire you all. For today's episode, I will introduce the journey of Mark Zuckerberg, the man behind that app most of you open every single day. Mark adopted an interest in computer programming at a very early age, and just age 12, he introduced ZuckNet at his dad's dental practice. ZuckNet was a messaging program system used as an inter-office communication system, and he did that just so young, it was incredible. He later became the go-to computer programmer on Harvard's campus and built two programs prior to him even finishing his senior year. Based on an acclaim on campus, Zuckerberg partnered with friends to create a social networking site that allowed Harvard students to connect with each other. This site officially went live in June 2004 under the name The Facebook, and Zuckerberg ran it out of his dorm room. He dropped out after his sophomore year, and the website had already hit 1 million users before that year was over. Forbes suggested that Mark was worth around $63 billion as of July 30th, 2018. I guess when this article came out, hey Richard, what do you like best about his story? Um, hey Vincent, what I like best is the fact that he discovered his entrepreneurial spirit when he was 12 years old. Um, yeah, it reminds me of some of the, the stuff that I used to do at a young age. Unfortunately, it didn't lead on to as big a things as Mark. But uh, yeah, I, I like it when people start uh, the entrepreneurial journey young. What were some of the things you were working on at that age? What were some of the goals you had as a young, <laughs> a young guy? No, I'm too embarrassed to talk about them now. It, it doesn't bear talking about it in the same vein as, as Mark. Um, no, just just uh, simple things uh, like washing windows, you know, knocking on doors. I think probably the most innovative was uh, getting bits of firewood and drilling holes in, sticking candles in, and then you know spraying like fake snow on them. I think I was doing this at about age ten. And then I walk around with my little sister, who was about six at the time, to get a sympathy vote. And then I knock on doors and sell them, you know, for a couple of bucks each. And actually, that did quite well, actually. That's amazing. That's amazing. I did the lawn mowing and simple things like that, shoveling snow. But everybody listening on, that voice you just heard, that's the sound of today's guest. My guest on the show today is somebody I met through networking and adds to the show's international appearances. My guest today is a successful entrepreneur who follows the philosophy that a happier, remote working and non-micromanaged employee is a far more productive one. After university, he secured funding and founded the now 22-year-old, massively successful global volunteering company, GVI. After a major health scare, Richard moved to Costa Rica, where he has lived for 10 years, successfully managing his teams remotely and tripling his business in size. Then in 2015, he moved to Cape Town, South Africa, where he currently lives and founded his next company, A Virtual. He is an avid advocate for maintaining a healthy work-life balance, 
surfs most days, and regularly practices meditation. He realized he could be a better husband, father, and businessman when he was fit and healthy. He talks about growing to recognize that working all the time isn't synonymous with being successful. Allow me to please introduce Richard Walton. Richard, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Vincent. Absolutely, Richard. Would you mind please introducing yourself to our listeners a little further without giving too much away of your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. Well, um, you've done you've done a great job already. Um, but yeah, um, I've I started my first business when I was when I was uh, 21. Um, that's apart from the selling uh, the logs uh, that I was talking about earlier. I'm ex- I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship. Um, from starting over nine businesses to I'm now on the board for an organization called um, EO Accelerator, which is one of the fastest growing accelerators in the world. And EO is called the Entrepreneurs' Organization, which is the largest collection of, of entrepreneurs in the world. So very, very passionate about entrepreneurship, um, love building businesses, like talking to people interested in entrepreneurship. And I think like many entrepreneurs, um, I just really love helping people get into business and start business. Um, it's just something that, that I find incredibly interesting and exciting. Well, I'm very grateful to have you on the show for that reason. You're going to inspire a lot of people today through your stories. So it's time for the big five here, Richard. Something I do on each episode is my guest and I go over these five questions to help you, the listeners, learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. Are you ready to go? Sure, let's do it. Great. So you started having these entrepreneurial tendencies at a young age, but what was that moment when you realized that you weren't happy with what you were doing or that you needed some kind of change to truly start this entrepreneurial path you're on? Let's hear your story. So... My story is a little different as I started my, my first business at college, which actually is the one that you just mentioned, GBI. And I've never looked back since then. Um, I've never kind of, I, I never graduated into a job. I never had a proper job. My wife tells me all the time that's my biggest issue. Um, she's probably got a point. Um, <laughs> and I, I enjoyed reading um, your, your, your question earlier. Um, and it made me think about why I was determined to pursue an entrepreneurial path, you know, 25 years ago, um, when the kind of entrepreneurship wasn't kind of the big buzzword that it is now. And I think that I realized that back then at the the grand old age of 21, um, I realized a few things. One, I wanted to have fun, as most 21-year-olds do. I wanted to make some money. I wanted to make a difference. That was very important to me. Um, and that's a big part of what GVI does. I wanted to travel the world. And to be quite honest with you, when I looked at those things, there was no job that was going to give that to me as a 21-year-old. Um, and, uh, and lucky enough, I'd been on a trip a couple, of year, a couple of years earlier when I was 18. In England, we have something called a gap year, which I know is growing in popularity in the States. Um, and I think we'll probably grow in popularity uh, in, a, in a big way at the moment with all the issues that are going on. And that kind of gave me the inspiration to, to, you know, have a go at starting my business. And I did it. Um, I was lucky, right place, right time. I've got to be honest with you, I didn't have any big aspirations to start a big business. And actually, I think, um, not, that I, not that I knew it then, but I think my uh, focus back then on 
starting something that I was deeply involved in, that was incredibly focused, um, really, really helped me. Um, and I think, you know, later on, uh, you know, in other businesses I've started, I've maybe started with these grand visions of how big it can become. And I think actually that, that, that sometimes can be a bit of a hindrance. And so, yeah, I guess the fact that I didn't do that when I was younger, uh, because my main priorities were kind of having fun and not really wanting to get stuck down too much work actually really did benefit me. Um, and, you know, the business has, has come on to be, be, be a great success. I love it, Richard. I definitely agree with the gap year. I see all the value in there, finding yourself, seeing what you're really passionate about doing. Because like you said, what really helped you was finding something you were truly interested in, really passionate about. And I can resonate with that a lot. My speaking and book endeavors, the podcast, I really just enjoy it all. But since you took this entrepreneurial path here, Richard, what are one or two of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur in your opinion? Um, well, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but you know, for, for, for me, and I, I know it's very common with a lot of other entrepreneurs, is that it's lonely. Um, and even though there are a huge amount of resources out there right now, like these podcasts, which are fantastic, um, I love things like that, so it can inspire people. The fact is, um, your partner, your friends, your parents probably aren't entrepreneurs and they're not going to understand your concerns and worries. In fact, they probably think, oh, you, well, you're making tons of money and playing golf the whole time. And we all know that's not the way, you know, you're, you're working at the beginning and you're not making any money for the first three to five years. You're working your ass off. You're worried about failing the whole time. You're worried about what other people are thinking of you about your failing. Um, so it's, it's a real, real challenge. And I, I found that very, very hard. Um, and actually, it got harder for me as I got older, because I think, you know, there's, there's definitely a massive benefit in starting when you're, when you're younger. Right. And what has been so great over the last 10 years is that there are more and more entrepreneurial support groups out there. Um, and I mentioned one earlier that I'm a, a part of, which I'm a very big fan of. It's called the EO, the Entrepreneurs' Organization. I know a couple of your, your previous um, guests um, are members of that. Um, it was started in the US, I think, 22 years ago. Um, and it's, ama it's an amazing community of entrepreneurs who help and support each other. Uh, and it came into my life at the right time. But to access um, one of these um, support groups, it's a... Uh, it's really useful, not just, you know, from the loneliest point of view, as I said, but wow, in terms of, of networking and learning, um, there is just so much there. Absolutely. That's a great piece of advice for everybody. And give us a second one now here, Richard. What's the second real difficult part for you of running your own businesses? Well, talking from my own personal experience, um, it's managing um, the, the, the stress of work and how that can leak over into your personal life. You know, as you mentioned at the beginning, I had a, a bit of a health scare, which was when I was 30 years old. And it was I had the, the birth. Um, it was around the birth of my first child. Um, and it was a real wake up call for me. And you know, up until that point, I'd been managing stress with, with alcohol, food, all the things you really shouldn't do. Um, I was working crazy hours. And, uh, and there was my wife about to give birth and you know it, it was a real wake-up call um to me to that if i wanted to be a, a successful entrepreneur i needed to get a grip of my um 
of my personal life as well. The two are so, you know, so, so linked together. And there was a great article I read around the time, I think it was in the Harvard Business Review about, you know, becoming a corporate athlete. Um, and I started, you know, really looking into things like my, my, my well-being. And before then, I was like, I, I don't have the time to exercise. I don't have the time to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. Are you crazy? I don't have the time to, you know, you know, to read for an hour every day, um, you know, to take a walk, you know, every two hours, you know, to think. And I was like, this is crazy. But, but all of those things, those habits that I've introduced into my life have been, you know, just transformed the way that, that I work. Um, they've transformed the way I eat. Yeah, I think that's very great advice because it is tough to forget about your health when you're working so many hours. And I try to interject where I'll have a break for 30 minutes. I'll do a home workout. I'll put some music on. I'll do it there. I'll cook because as entrepreneurs, we are in the house a lot. But looking back, Richard, on your career so far and your life as a whole, what is one of your greatest failures or lessons learned? And what did it teach you? Why is it still stuck with you all the way up till today? Um. I could honestly go on for hours about my greatest failures. There are, there, there, there are a lot of them, um, a ton. And I've learned from every single one of them. Um, I think it's one of the, the great benefits of being an entrepreneur is that you're going to fail all the time, you know, daily. Right. Uh, so you've got, to, you've got to be very comfortable with failure. Um, in fact, you've, you've got to be, you know, you've got to embrace failure as part of your life. And you've got to really manage your ego. So that when you fail, you're happy to talk to your team and your colleagues. I think that's a, that's a, that's a very big thing. And that's something I've learned. But if I'm looking at some of my, some of my greatest failures, um, one that came to mind, or comes to mind now, is to take your time dating a co-founder. Um, and just because you're friends with someone doesn't mean you can work with them. Um, just because their family doesn't mean you can work with them. Um, oh, and I've there. made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, and geez, it's harder. And we, we all tend to rush into it. I've done it many times. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't learn from <laughs> the lesson the first time. Um, but, you know, it's, it's worth spending time. Um, and I, I think that's the same with any key employee as well. You know, not, not to rush the, the recruitment process. Um, I know it's hard it, when, when, you know, you just entrepreneurs want stuff to happen like now, 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 and particularly when it comes to hiring people. But the longer you can leave it, the more you can spend time really getting to know people, um, the better, I think. Yeah, it's something you hit it right on the head there. We want the overnight success, but that overnight success really is four, five, six years in the making to build up to these one moments. You said in the beginning, the crazy hours in the beginning if you could you seem to be a big learner richard that's why i'm enjoying your time here on the show if you could dig into anybody's brain and have a conversation with any entrepreneur dead or alive who would it be well again the tons um but, but i think probably um it, this question makes me think of a book um and the book um is called delivering happiness and it was written by tony shay um who started um a firm called Zappos, um, which was acquired by Amazon. She's quite a long time ago now, I think for a billion. And I read that book. Jeez, when did that book come out? I don't know. Must have been over 10 years ago. And it had a massive impact on me. It was the first book that I'd read, in, which was about core values and purpose. Um, 
and how you can create a great culture, it, even if, like at Zappos, you're essentially running a call center for a company delivering shoes. And that blew me away. Um, and as I'm, you know, as I'm sure most people are aware, you know, 85% of employees in the world are disengaged from their job. 85%. Um, wow. I mean, that's, that's horrifying, right? Yeah. And we all know, we all know that the, the way that we're going to be successful is hiring and retaining and motivating our teams. That's, that's like the number one thing. It, it's so, so important. But yet we're, we're so bad at it. So many of us are bad at it. And his book really resonated with me. So I would, geez, I'd love to sit down with him and talk about how his ideas perhaps have developed since writing that book, um, how, you know, technology um, can be a benefit or maybe a hindrance in employee engagement. Um, I'd also like to talk to him a lot more about something that I'm very passionate about, which is, you know, integrating, you know, the, the personal life and the work, which today seems to be kind of one and the same. Um, yeah, I would, I, would, I would really enjoy the chance to sit down with Tony. So now let's delve a little deeper here, Richard. Where would this meeting be? Well, um, last I heard, um, he was living in Vegas. <laughs> oh. So I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I could pop to Vegas for a bit. I, I think he's quite a. I think he's quite a keen poker player. And I like to play poker a bit myself. And I've been to Vegas once, and I had a, I had some good luck on the poker tables there. Wow. So and and I know that after Zappos, well, he, he's still at Zappos, but I know a big project of his was investing into kind of downtown Vegas and looking at the community there. And I think taking his um, lessons from building a company into building a community. So I'd love to see what he's done there. So yeah. quite a strange place for me to say Vegas, considering I spent much of my life living in, in jungles and stuff. But uh, yeah, I think Vegas would be quite fun. Yeah, the community beautification is a big factor here in Tampa. They've been doing so much wonderful work. And it's really nice to see the city that comes together. But let's look in the future here, Richard. We're at an interesting time here, hopefully winding down on the back end of coronavirus here. You've done a lot with your businesses, but I know you still have a lot of more goals. Where do you see yourself in your entrepreneurial endeavors in the future? We're going to do one year and five years. One year from today, what are we hoping? So I don't think I've probably ever said this in the last 20 years of working, but where I am right now is a great place to be. Um, in terms of my business, I have a, I'm, I'm very, I'm aware that I'm very fortunate. I'm aware that a lot of people are struggling and I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. But my, my business, we supply, um, remote employees to companies all over the world. Um, so we've been pioneering remote working for small businesses for the last six years and our business is, is growing very, very well, as you might expect. So from kind of a, a company point of view, I mean, I've, as I said, I feel a bit guilty about it, but it's now making the most of the opportunity that, that, that we've got. Um, and, you know, we're, we're taking a lot of satisfaction from employing people at, at these times, giving them jobs um, and helping small businesses to scale in a cost effective way. So in the next year, um, it's kind of head down, actually. I mean, we're, we're growing faster than we've ever grown before. Um, yeah. So that's going to be my priority. I haven't got time for anything else. In, in, in the next five years, um, I started off my entrepreneurial journey um, in travel, and I would love to dip my toe back into that water sometime. And I've, 
I've got a couple of ideas actually around that. Something, doing something very different, um, taking people to cool places, doing trips that people have never done before, the types of trips that aren't scalable, doing everything that you shouldn't do in starting a business, um, but doing it just for the pure love of travel, uh, meeting cool people and I don't know, um, hopefully helping uh, making an impact as well. That would be a really cool thing. Yeah, it's been consistent. We've learned from you that you're definitely going to make an impact somehow in what you're doing, no matter what you're doing. So, Richard, thank you so much for coming on. I know our listeners are going to see all the value in your episode today. I love how you started right in the building, right in the beginning, sharing your entrepreneurial tendencies at such a young age. You said a lot of things that truly encouraged entrepreneurship, where maybe that gap year will be okay to truly find yourself if it's the best bet for you. And I love how you finally said, hey, I'm at a good place, but we have to stay here. You're grateful for where you're at. And I know being grateful goes a long way. So Richard, please time for the last word. Is there something you'd like to share with everybody listening on that we didn't get to touch on yet today? Um, yeah, I, I read something today um, which really resonated with me. Um, and it was a, a quote by the founder of um, MailChimp. And it was something his mother said to him. And it was, you become your friends. And effectively, over time, you start to reflect the people that you hang around with. And basically, there's, a, there's another quote, which is that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And looking back over my life, I haven't always had the best five. <laughs> um, but it is so true. Geez, that's true. So we've got to be very, very careful to make sure that we're surrounded by the best five people we possibly can. That's wonderful advice, Richard. Would you mind please sharing your professional social media, your website, or ways for our listeners to follow your endeavors or contact you for your services if they're over there? Yeah, sure. So the company's called A Virtual. Um, the, the website is avirtualusa.com. And you'll find uh, lots of ways to contact me on there, or you can look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Richard, or just type in Richard Walton GBI into Google and uh, it will pop up. Appreciate you sharing that, Richard. And it's social media time for the show, for whatever platform you like to use. We're at what it's really like to be an entrepreneur on LinkedIn, at your favorite morning podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And we're podcast by Lancey on Twitter. So you have updates from both of my shows. Of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. And my website is vincentalancy.com. If you check out my books, DM me. I want to hear from you. We have Left for Dead, a story of redemption, and how to transform your mindset when the norm has changed on Amazon now. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I work hard to find value delivering stories for you on each episode. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. This one is from Mark Zuckerberg, the entrepreneur from today's spotlight story I started the show with. He said, move fast and break things. Unless you are breaking stuff, you are not moving fast enough. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of what it's really like to be an entrepreneur.